0: So it's really good to uh, be back with you again. And uh, I'm really uh, blessed by what the Lord is doing. And uh, I want us to, uh, if you could stand with me as we read the scripture for today. Uh, our passage is from Lamentations chapter 3, uh, verses 10 to uh, 23. Hear then the word of the Lord. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is Thy faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord, and we say, thanks be to God, amen. Let's be seated and let's pray. Lord, as we open up your word, may the thoughts and meditation of my heart be pleasing in thy sight. And Father, what is not of you, may we not remember, but what is of you, may we take it to our heart and be transformed uh, by your word. Because your word is transformational, and his power. So speak, Lord, uh, through your word and by your word, and help us to respond to you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, as you know, uh, last week we just finished our series on the book of Joshua, that we are a Joshua generation, and truly, I, I'm really blessed by the Lord that we were able to live out the uh, the scriptures, actually. We've been preaching from Joshua that, God is uh, you know, telling us to get the promised land, well, 30 years uh, we as a church has been looking for a promised land, and finally we're having a place of permanence. Uh, the last hurdle is the appraisal to come in, and then the appraisal is good, then we got the building, amen? amen. And so what we want to pray for is that God to work, and God will continue to do His uh, sovereign will uh, within our lives. And. And so here at the last uh, part of Joshua that Pastor Ivan was talking about in uh, last week is Joshua's uh, speech. This is uh, a series of three speeches that God, uh, Joshua gives. Uh, the first one is to the, uh, to the leadership, and then this is the community he's talking to a- as a whole. And as we get into uh, chapter 24, Joshua says this, As for me and my house will serve the Lord. And so his commitment is, I want you to be faithful till the end. And uh, what the book of Joshua concludes with is the importance of being faithful uh, till the end. And this is an overlying theme that goes through the whole book of uh, uh, the Old Testament and New Testament about faithfulness. Uh, If you look at the, the psalms where David wrote his famous psalm, Psalms 23, verse 6, he says, Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so why is David saying this? Why is David saying over and over again, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever? And the reason is this, because he has experienced the faithfulness of God, there's a response, which is basically, I will respond in my faithfulness to you. And so this coming weeks, uh, we're starting a uh, five-part series on what it means to be a faithful generation, and uh, we'll be covering through the preaching team the importance of how we should be people who are called to faithfulness. And so if you look at the book of Joshua, we've seen God work, but after the fact, we need to respond in being faithful to the Lord. And so that's what we're going to cover, and uh, I want us to join us together as we live out uh, this, uh, this theme, and this theme is staying faithful to the Lord. And there's five parts to the series we're going to start. We're going to begin with today's sermon, which is about God's faithfulness, and then response to God's faithfulness, which is our faithfulness, being faithful to God. The third message will be being faithful to God even when the times are bad and God doesn't even answer your prayers. And the fourth message will be being faithful even in good times. And the last message we're going to go is being faithful regardless in our daily lives. And so we'll be exploring these passages uh, throughout this, uh, this week, and that will really actually lead us to our new building by then. And what God calls us is this, it's not over. Our life is a constant continuum of being faithful to the Lord, no matter what. And that's, that's what God is calling us. And so today we wanna look into uh, today's message about God's faithfulness. Uh, this is the premise, this is the start, of why we should be faithful is because God has been faithful to us. The context is in lamentations. And by the way, the word lamentation is you're lamenting. Jeremiah has been a lamenter. And in, in, in the eyes of the Israelites, uh, actually, people do not like Jeremiah at all because he's a pain in the butt. Because all he says is there's something wrong with you. How you guys uh, like it if someone says to you there's something wrong with you? I mean, I hate it when my wife nags about there's something wrong with you you know or uh, someone puts a critique on you we always want to hear positives but what Jeremiah was saying was not really a nagging of saying there's you know like you know like nagging but what he was saying is listen you just not have been faithful in keeping your covenant with the Lord you haven't been faithful and so it's not a nagging he's just telling them what's going on what's wrong with the nation and so the context is this the uh Jerusalem, the nation, you know, Judah and Israelites are now in captivity. And the aftermath of this is destruction. What he sees is rubble. He smells the uh, destruction of burned out uh, buildings, dead corpses, and he's watching them from a cave. And he's really downcast. And Jeremiah uh, did warn the people of this tragedy happening, and he did come to fruition petition, and he was thrown in, uh, kept in jail because of what he was telling the people to repent. Now this has come. And amidst this destruction, he's downcast. He's depressed. And something in him brings to memory of hopefulness. So starting with verse 20, I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. So verse 20, he's talking about his state of emotion. He's downcast. He's really depressed. Things are not going well. You guys ever been depressed? Because nothing goes well. You want to make friends, it doesn't happen. You want to, you know, get a new position, or a job, it doesn't happen. <laughs> you, you have certain goals, it doesn't happen. Nothing's going well. And Jeremiah is downcast. And, and you have a choice. When things doesn't go right, to either to follow the Lord or not follow the Lord. And Jeremiah decides in his heart, in verse 21, yet this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. So amidst the difficulties, Jeremiah now has some sense of hope. What is he hoping? He's remembering in memory God's character what God has done throughout all his life yet I have hope and so what we want to look at is what is that hope <clears throat> and it begins with God's love that God's chose his character he chose to love us it's just like uh, when I have my children people asked uh, why do you love your children I choose to love them <laughs> regardless it, it doesn't matter I choose same with God we're his creation you ask the question, why does God love me? He chose to love you. Uh, it's a choice that he made. And because of his great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. So verse 23. Now the Hebrew word uh, used for the love is hased, and has a sense of loyal love, committed love, settled love. In other words, this love is about any kind of uh It is any kind of superficial attraction nor is it a response to someone's goodness has said love is God's choice it's God's decision it is settled, fixed, final it is love that will never change a love given freely and forever by God who has chosen sinful men and women as those he will love God loves us because it is his will to love us let me me break it down God loves you no matter what you don't have to prove your worth to be loved. You don't have to do anything to be loved by God. God doesn't need your good works. God doesn't need your merit. God just chooses to love you, no matter what. That's very profound to think about. You don't have to do anything. He just chose to love you. And, and, and the reason why he chose to love you is his character is love. Look at 1 John 4, eight. Whoever does not know God, whoever does not love, does not know God because God is love. God's character is love. And God chose to love you. And because of that, He cannot stand it if our relationship with Him is broken. If you look at the book of uh, Genesis right after Adam and Eve sinned, Genesis chapter 3, God is walking in the garden. Why is He walking in the garden? He's walking in the garden because he knew Adam and Eve decided to separate themselves in the relationship with God. He's walking in the garden to pursue the relationship. And if you look at the history of God in his relationship with us, he's always pursuing. Look at Genesis chapter 3. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord. God, as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord, God among the trees, the garden. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? God is counseling the pursuit, ever since the fallenness of human beings, a pursuit of calling you, where are you? And he's been doing this ever since the beginning of time. He started out with uh, his chosen people. He began with Abraham. Then he went, uh, before Abraham, he started with Noah, Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, the nation of Israel. He's been calling us in the midst of this for a relationship. And he's been trying to say, I want to restore this relationship ever since the beginning of time. And that's why ever since we're born, we're yearning for a relationship because God created us for a relationship with God. And he's pursuing that relationship. And so here, he decides then, I'll become a man and die for you to, to get the relationship. Look at First John uh, 4, 9-12. Uh, to 12. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So ultimately he says, okay, I'm pursuing it. It's not working to just one generation of, of, of a nation. I'll become a man, I'll, I'll die on the cross, and I, I, I'll, I'll show you that I really love you. And, and you don't really need to earn this love. Even though he's pursuing us, he has no requirements. Uh, Even if you look at the book of Deuteronomy, even the times of Moses, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 7 to 9, it says, The Lord did not set his affection on you and chose you because you were more numerous than other people, for you were the fewest of all people. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors. Know therefore, Lord your God, he is faithful keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Here, God God, God has no conditions in loving you. And he chose to love you. And from the beginning of time, he's been pursuing relationship and there's no conditions in how he loves you because his heart and his character is love. So, what does that mean? Because he loves us, he's compassionate towards you. Now, the word compassion is different than uh, love. What it really means is this being compassionate towards us is caring, concerned, empathetic, having concern over people's misfortunes, understanding, being conscious of people's distress together with the desire to alleviate it. So, think about it. God's compassion is caring, concerned, empathetic, so he he understands the suffering we go through, concerned over people's misfortunes, being conscious of people's distress, together with the desire to alleviate it. That's God's concern. That's his compassion. And so because he loves us, he's concerned about your well-being. He really is. And, and God's love moves him to understand and tries to alleviate all our difficulties that we're facing. Now, some of you might say, I call upon God and he hasn't answered me. And, you know, we'll address this later uh, in, in, in the other message to come. At that time, yes, God might have not answered your prayer. At that time, yes, it's been very difficult that God didn't answer your prayer. And you might say, I don't want to believe in God anymore. And I experienced that too. I remember numerous times when I called upon the Lord and he didn't answer me. But when I look back, when I look hindsight, God did answer. It wasn't according to what I wanted, but he did answer for my good. So I'll give you some example. I, I remember going to college. I asked the Lord, please let me not uh, you know, work all this time. Because I was going to college, I, I had to work to pay my way through school. And I saw like, all oh, these guys, you know, driving new cars. You know, and back then they used to wear preppy shirts and people used to be very comfortable. I, I, I dreamed of being like that. But God never answered that prayer. But as I look back, God has been compassionate toward me, because through that suffering, I learned the importance of working. I value people who don't have. You know, God answers it that way. And sometimes you might be disappointed at God. You might say to God, God, please heal this person, and God didn't heal. I remember praying like that, too, where God didn't heal. And I look back, I think about my nephew, who has been autistic, and he passed away at age 33. We've been praying for him all his life to be healed of autism. It never happened. And I look back, I see why God didn't heal. Because God used him uh, to be a witness to many people. Through him, uh, you know, there's been tremendous form of evangelism that God had worked. And so, at this time, you might say, God isn't answering right now. Please look back and see what God has done through those experiences. God is not a now God God is a God that works in the past in the present and into the future and so we need to understand that amidst this silence God does understand your hardships and it might be very frustrating that he's not answering but just know this let's look at Romans 8.28 and let's say it together and we know that in all things God works for good for those who love him who has been called according to his purposes. God works for good for those who love him according to his purposes, right? It's going to be okay. Do not worry because he loves us. And and just say that to the person, God's going to work for good for those who love him. Say that to the person next to you, So, so, because of this, God's compassion gives us hope as we look forward. So, we got to understand that God is a very compassionate God, God is loving God, God is a compassionate God, God is a God who gives us hope means all this. Why? Throughout history, look at your life, God works, because He makes all things for good for those who love Him, amen? And so, as we look forward then, we need to understand this then, knowing that God God is love, his compassions never fail. He never fails. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, for his compassions never cease. He never fails in being uh, loving toward us, in that God is consistent in his compassion to us. Well, so this is the reason why Jeremiah is so hopeful. In verse 21, it says, I have hope because he knows the consistent Compassion of God never ceases. It's consistent. You might fail him. Look at 2 Timothy 2.13. It says, If you are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. We might be disloyal. Look at the history of the Israelites. Rather, they came out of uh, Egypt. They were worshiping other gods. What did God do? He didn't, he didn't abandon them. He stayed with them throughout. And God is faithful in loving us. And this is the reason why God is faithful. And the meaning of steadfast love means God's love is loyal, unwavering, firm, solid, resolute, consistent, unfaltering, persistent, untiring, constant, continuous, committed, trustworthy, dependable, and never fail. He'll be a face who will never go away. When Jesus said in his time before he departed from this world, what did he say in Matthew 28 20? Lo, I am with you till the end. He'll never desert you. He'll never will. And God has never stopped loving us because that's why he's so steadfast. He, he, he is faithful. And Jeremiah knows that God has never stopped loving us and his attitude toward us has never changed. It's unchanging. And he will never forsake you. He will never abandon you because he's with you. And some of his signs of his faithfulness toward you is providing for you. Even our basic needs, God has provided our basic needs. Even the food that we eat, we eat, right? God has provided for us. We don't really think about it, but God does provide our basic needs. I mean, think about it. In the old times, people were you know, starving quite a bit, and they, they needed something to, to eat, and it was a big concern. Nowadays, you don't even worry about when you wake up in the morning, what's my food's going to be? What am I going to eat? What am I going to... God provides that's this form of his death, love for us. But also, the other way he does it is, he makes you aware to know that he'll never abandon you, he'll never forsake you, he'll never forget you. You know, um, right after I graduated from seminary, you know, I shared this with you. You know, it was a period of darkness for about nine months because, you know, I lost everything uh, that I had, and through that nine months, I remember just even applying to McDonald's to get a job, being rejected. And uh, that's how desperate I was. Uh, and there was this defining moment where I was reading Henry Nowen's book, The Wounded Healer, and, and there's this passage on John chapter 21 where Jesus says to Peter, do you love me uh, three times? And Peter says, yes, I love you. And, and what struck me a lot was the end of the uh, passage in John chapter 21 it says when you were younger you went wherever you went to but when you got older I'll take you by the belt and take you where I want you to go and God was saying to me very clearly you know you're having this period of darkness but my love for you is so steadfast it hasn't stopped It just that it's not what you wanted but let me tell you what I wanted first of all I never called you to the ministry the way you wanted to be I'm calling to the ministry that I want you to be. Will you take that lead? And, and when, when the Lord spoke that clearly, I said, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm willing. What am I supposed to surrender? He goes, well, you need to surrender your ways and you need to trust me because I want you to surrender everything to me and do it my way, not your way. And when I got that inspiration, that's where I learned where God had call me, which is UPC. Uh, that's when I started. You know, we, we didn't have anything, and God just been faithful throughout this time, and God's been working. and And as I reflect over and over again, it was because God's steadfast love, and that God is calling us to be steadfast. And and as I think about that, He will never abandon you. When He says it's with you, it's with you. So God's love. God's character is loving you, no matter what. He chooses to love you, and his love for you is deathless. It never stops. It, it, it continues on. He'll never abandon you. And the, and the sign of that is this, that God always keeps what he says, his word in loving us. What it says is true. One of my favorite verses, I shared this over and over with you a lot, is Numbers 23, 19. Let's read it together. God is not human that he should lie, nor a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? God is not a man he should lie. Did God lie? No. You might think he lied because he didn't answer your present situation. But if you look back, He never lied. Whatever promises he has kept, is a yes and an amen. Amen is let it be done. And do you believe the promises of God? The promises of God that Jeremiah is looking for is hope, the hope of goodness, and what God says he will do. And what is that God said? It's a new covenant that God is promising in the book of Lamentations. That people will back... Will come back to restoration in the relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what, uh, what it's talking about. And that even Abraham, you might not see it now, but you'll see it later. Now, Abraham died only seeing what? Two kids. What was it? Ishmael and Isaac. He didn't see a nation. You know, Genesis 15, God told him, look at the stars. But now, you know how many. Numbers there are in terms of descendants of Abraham, ethnic descendants is half a billion people. There's about 430 million, uh, you know, Arabs, 70 million uh, Jewish. And then if you talk about the spiritual descendants of Abraham, you're looking about a couple billion people. He never saw it, but remember, God keeps His word. And so he's steadfast in keeping his word. He's steadfast in loving us no matter what. And his love for us is new every morning. His love is fresh. God's love is fresh and it, it is not dull. His love for us is uh, fresh, a brand new uh, thing every morning. And the Hebrew word for fresh is, uh, means uh, new thing or rebuild. So he's very uh, very much devoted to you. One of the commentators write it this way. Every morning ends the night. Every morning brings a new day. Every morning brings new provision for the day. Every morning brings new forgiveness for new sins. Every morning brings new strength for new temptations, duties, and trials. Every morning, God, because his love is fresh for you, he will give you that and God has new ways of every morning loving you and affirming you, you know, uh, it's not SOS, same old stuff. When he looks at you, he goes, this morning he says, my, you're beautiful. Next morning he goes, my, you're pretty. You go, God, you said I'm pretty, but you're using another synonym, and he says, yeah, this is my new way of telling you. My, you're wonderful. My, you're great. I mean, He's doing this every morning to affirm you, and to tell you you're loved every morning. They're new every morning, and 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 His mercies, and faithfulness and loyalty is new every morning. It never stops. and And when we talk about, uh, you know, mercy is basically God's compassion and care for you, and God's. Grace that is poured upon you every morning. His mercies never fail. You don't even ask of it. Because of His mercy, He'll provide it. Just reflect right now of His mercies. And there are times, you know, when I was a student, I didn't even study right. And I'm not saying don't do what Pastor Soon does, okay? But, you know, there, there was times where by the grace of God, I just studied the right stuff and did well in exams. It was because of God's mercy. There was times where I applied for a job, and I never thought I would get that job, but by God's mercy, I got it. You know, it's mercies of God, God's grace. This is what I'm talking about. By the grace of God, you're blessed by Him. And so His mercies never fail. And God asks us to receive His love every day by taking it. Take God's love every day. Receive it. And, and the way you do that is drawing near to God. James 4, eight. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. When we come near to God, he will draw near to us. God is asking us, come draw near to us. Be still in the presence of God. As you're drawing near to receive his love, be still and know that he is God. 46 forty six ten, he says, "Be still, know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth." Just be still. I take this time just to be still. In the presence of God, and know that He loves you. Don't worry about anything that's in your way. Be still and know that I am your God. Anything that worries you, come unto me. All oh, who are weak and heavy burden. Right, humble my gentle I am you shall find rest for myself. find rest in the Lord come to him and then also declare his love be thankful you know all we do is complain about what God didn't do uh, instead start thinking about what God has done Now, all we think about is God didn't answer me in this God didn't answer me on that you know Start thinking about what God has done in our lives, and it'll be 98% of good things. 2% it might be bad things, but you know what? Those bad things later on will turn out to be good because God works for good for those who love him. And then fix your eyes on him. You know, Hebrews 12, 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And just remember as Jeremiah said he has his hope. The hope that God's plan for you is for good not for harm. The hope that God has been faithful throughout all the generation. Why, Why should he not be faithful to you? Why shouldn't he? And so as we reflect about God's faithfulness, he's faithful to us because he loves you and his love is steadfast; it's never changing. And his love for you is fresh and new every morning. And he demands a response. We are created by God to respond. How you guys know what dias is? Uh, it means three days in Spanish. And the Catholics practice this a lot. Uh, there's a retreat where people go for three days, and there's the servers and the participants. If this is your first time coming to Drdeus, all you are done, all you're supposed to do is do nothing. You come in, they serve you. I would love to be part of Drdeus. <laughs> I can clap my hands, give me food. <laughs> you know they serve you with food, they serve you with all your needs, and what it does is it reflects. The character of God, God's love that is unconditional. And the power of Therestias is if you experience this kind of power of love, there's no way but respond to God. And many people come to the Lord because of this kind of experiences. God's love for you is not Therestias, it's 24-7. And if you start thinking about what he has done and what he's doing right now, All we could do is respond and say, Yes, Lord, I'll do whatever you want us to do. You know, uh, I thought about this old song, and uh, uh, I like this oldies but goodies, okay? And I'm gonna teach this song if you don't know this song. It's called uh, Steph that's Loved Lord, Um, and uh, it's a very old song. I think it's in the 80s, it was written, or in the 70s. So Pastor Dan and I know this song, but uh, this is new. You see how songs could be new?
1: They're new every morning. Amen. <laughs> okay, so it goes this. As we gather, may your spirit work within us. As we gather, may we glorify your name. Knowing well that in hearts, heart begin to worship. We'll be blessed because we came. We'll be blessed because we came. As we gather, may your Spirit work within us. As we gather, may we glorify your name. Knowing well then as our hearts begin to worship, We'll be blessed because we came. We'll be blessed because we came. Why? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. New every morning, great is Thy faithfulness, Lord. Great is Thy faithfulness. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is Thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness.
0: We're gathered here, what? We're gathered here, as this song says, okay, to glorify God's name. Why? God's love is steadfast, never ceases. His compassions never fail. They're what? New? Every morning. God loves you, amen? And so because of that, God asks us to be faithful. Amen. Let's pray.